This AIM Hometown Innovations podcast is sponsored by Christopher B. Burke Engineering. Are you troubled by flooding issues in your community? Do you experience dread over the new municipal stormwater permit program? Do you need a wetland delineated or created? Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Christopher B. Burke Engineering, 317-266-8000, or visit our website at cbbel-in.com for more information. Welcome to AIM Hometown Innovations Podcast. This podcast is designed to offer insights, best practices, and innovative solutions for the challenges facing Hoosier cities and towns. Each edition will offer ideas and inspiration while showcasing the talent and commitment of Indiana's local leaders. Enjoy the program. Welcome, everybody, to Ames Hometown Innovations Podcast. I'm Matt Greller here with you again today. And we've got a great guest, the Mayor of Bloomington, John Hamilton. Mayor, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's nice to be with you, Matt. As uh, listeners of the program know, we, we often try to focus on quality of place initiatives and efforts. It's no secret that Bloomington has been a, a leader in, in that space for many years, maybe one of the first communities in Indiana to embrace uh, quality of place. So Mayor, why why such the rich history in Bloomington? Why is that uh, so important to the city? Well, thanks, Matt. It, it is good to be with you. And, um, you know, I, it's true. I'm, I'm a mayor, but there's been a long string in this city of really focusing on uh, quality of place, on, on uh, quality of life overall, on the arts, on this public spaces, parks, etc., um, I, it really does go way back. I, I kind of talk about, you know, the arts being in the DNA of our community, and, and that tends to help people think about lively cities and, and wonderful places to live. The Parks Department, um, you know, we won two national gold medals, uh, I think, in a large part because the Parks Department really listens to what the people want. And one of my favorite examples is like 30 years ago. Um, we started doing formal, uh, official scientific surveys from parks to do master planning. And uh, surprisingly to people back then, the public said, we don't, it's not, it's not basketball courts. It's not uh, uh, swimming pools or skate parks, it's trails. And they wanted trails. And, And that really surprised our parks professionals, but they listened and we've been building trails ever since, and people keep loving them. And, uh, you know, that, that's, that's part of it. I wonder if maybe the, you know, we're two years older than Indiana University. Uh, we're 1818, they're 1820, and growing up together with a university that has such a beautiful campus that works so hard on that, maybe that kind of spills over and we work together with each other a little bit, too. That's a great point about the trails, you know, having grown up in Brown County, just down the road from Bloomington, I remember as a kid, a lot of those trails discussions and some of the controversy that surrounded them. And now it's, it's just an afterthought for most all cities to be heavily invested in trails. So you were definitely blazing a trail back then. But, that's for sure. but you're right. You know, I remember too, there, there were, there are a lot of people early on and even still who say, I don't want a trail going by my house. I'm afraid of what will happen. 
Now, 99% of people end up loving it. Uh, and if the per people don't love it, there's going to be somebody who'll pay them a lot for their house because it's right next to a trail. But, but um, it, it is interesting how we kind of learn to learn to evolve that way. Well, you know, in, up north of Indianapolis and in Carmel, I remember when the Monon was going through Carmel, there was all this concern about the trails being in people's <laughs> backyards, et cetera. Right. Now, if you look at any real estate listing, it's one of the first amenities that's, that's on there, you know, so it's, it's obviously stood the test of time without question. Absolutely. Maybe switching gears just a, a little bit to more recent times, you know, the pandemic, of course, has been on everybody's top of mind for the last couple of years. You were in the city, were way out in front with the Recover Ford plan that, that you announced. It's got pillars that deal with racial justice and climate justice and economic issues. Um, you know, that was a, early on and still one of the best and, and most forward reaching uh, programs that we've seen as it relates to the pandemic. What brought that on and, and how's it going now? Well, thanks for asking. It's obviously been a, a challenge for everybody dealing with these last two years um, and municipalities, cities are the same. Um, first, let me let me just note, I, I want to note it was really important in Indiana that we had a governor who let local jurisdictions tailor the plans to their own needs and their own approaches. And that wasn't true around the country. And I know there's some even in this state who didn't who didn't like that, but it was really important for us. And I think very helpful that Monroe County and Bloomington could come together, which we did very early in March. We started very frequent meetings with the healthcare system, with the university system, with the city and the county governments, our public health director. And we really just dug into the facts and tried to figure out how do we keep people safe. Of course, it's it's different if you have a university where you got tens of thousands of students who are going to come back, you know, uh, from all over the country in the midst of all this. But we really worked hard. Uh, we had pretty aggressive mask rules, uh, limiting numbers of people who could gather. So that helped us, I think, be in a good um, medical health state. But then, as you pointed out, we, we also in the city, I used a big fancy word, but it's pretty basic. And it, the fancy word is trying to be counter cyclical. Um, that is government's when, when the economy is going down, it's a time that governments can try to su support it. And obviously the federal government did that, but we tried to do that locally too. And that's what Recover Forward is about. We, were, we had good balances, fiscal balances. We were in a strong position with a rainy day fund. And we said, this, this is a rainy day. Let's, let's use those funds to help recover forward, to build back in the right way, helping our small businesses, helping our nonprofits, helping our individuals try to get out of this uh, recession, huge recession in the pandemic. And, and we're really pleased with what we've been able to do. I probably don't even have to ask a question. I can just say the word arts and it's almost <laughs> synonymous with Bloomington, but you know, that's another just critical element, I think to the, the quality of place efforts in the city that have been going on for a long time. And also as a result of the, some of the pandemic efforts, you know, what's, what's the latest as it relates to the arts in Bloomington and, and where you headed there? Well, you know, it was a rough, it was a rough slog for arts uh, with the, with the pandemic and stopping audiences from being able to meet and, and, you know, from music to drama, performing arts, ballet, bands, all kinds of kinds of challenges. Um, but Bloomington is deep, uh, deep in investing in the arts. We've had a, a formal position uh, in, in our relatively small city, a full-time position focused on the arts. In fact, our 
one of our former directors is now the state director for the arts, I think. And uh, we sent another one on uh, to, to Philadelphia. And, and um, so we invest in that from the city. And then um, you're right, we've, we've, we've have a, a downtown uh, arts and entertainment district. We own uh, two theaters now. We own the Buskirk Chumley, kind of the, you know, the iconic movie theater downtown that's now owned by the city. And, and we farm it out to a management nonprofit. And we just took back the Waldron, which is another venue. But I'll tell you this, um, again, recovering forward, trying to think about the next generation. We are trying to think about what is the next uh, step for Bloomington. We have, you know, the Jacob School of Music has 1,200 performances a year uh, on, on campus. We have uh, these wonderful venues. And we actually did just hire an arts uh, consultant, architecture, making a place kind of quality of place consultant to really dig into what would it mean to be a purpose-built, not just a purpose-built facility, but a purpose-built community to support the arts. What, not, not just what kind of exact facility, but how does the whole community embrace, activate, leverage, uh, and energize the arts? So we're very excited about looking at that. And it's, look, it's pure economic development. Besides fun and beautiful and pleasant, it is pure economic development for our community. So we have a lot of people lined up to help uh, look into that. It's interesting, you know, and especially as we all know now with people being able to live really wherever they want for the most part, you know, Bloomington is going to set itself apart and, and be a destination for those kinds well, of things to anticipate. You you're right. Uh, you know, in at least two dimensions, one is I-69 is going to make Bloomington as close to downtown India as Fishers is, if you if you measure it in some ways. Uh, and then, of course, as you mentioned, kind of more radically, there's so many people who are working from home. We we shamelessly copied. I, I think it was Tulsa that first did a Tulsa remote program uh, that, that encouraged remote workers to, to locate there. And we have taken that on and the mill, our co-workspace has, has embraced that program. We've supported them again through Recover Forward. We've gotten, I think, a dozen people literally have moved. Uh, they think it's a million-dollar impact. They're, they're generally high-wage jobs. Uh, and, and you're right. If you create a beautiful quality of place, high quality of, of life, you can become um, one at a time, two at a time. We had people coming from Mexico. We've had people coming from both coasts. Uh, and that's job creation. And it's, it's pretty cool to see. You may not have to do this with the position you're in in Bloomington, but have you looked at incentives at all to attract people? You know, that's sort of the, all the rage these days. We, we did look at that. Um, and we actually were, were very frugal from the beginning and haven't had to. Now, that being said, we do very intentionally work. And one of the things I love this, for example, is a new a Bloomington remote person who comes is automatically connected to a nonprofit board of, of their interest, trying to connect them to the community. They're connected with mentors. They're connected with, you know, little amenities, but basically just trying to say, we welcome you to town. We want you to dig in and enjoy parts of the community. And so far that seems to be working. The ultimate uh, welcome to Bloomington package, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a welcome wagon. Uh, and, and look, all the credit goes to the, to the mill and the group over there who are really, you know, working with the new economy and, and kind of, kind of diff, it's a different kind of economic development, but it's very real and it's very important. 
My parents are uh, super glad that the farmer's market is going to be back this year. <laughs> um, that's a, uh, an institution into itself, I think. What's the, the latest there? What's uh, new and on tap for the farmer's market this year? Yeah, you know, talking about quality of place, that's a, that's a big part of it. We, we have one of the best farmer's markets we'll, we'll claim in the state. Um, it's, a very, it's very strict. It's focused on farmers. It's, you got to only uh, 90% of the vendors have to be selling their own food. Uh, we, we really limit the, you know, kind of packaged stuff or and ancillary things. It's a farmer's market, uh, but it's popular with people. We do provide music and bands and that kind of thing that make it nice. But um, uh, so that's gone well. In fact, you know, we have farmer's markets pro proliferating in, in the city, both by days of the week and locations. Some of them we run, some of them are private markets now, which is fine. Um, and, and we even opened up again, part of Recover Forward. There's now a place called a farm stop, which does not have bands. It does not have the entertainment, but it is an everyday store basically for farmers to sell uh, on consignment. So if you're a restaurateur, if you're a chef, if you're looking for scale, it's a place you can go any day and get really good food. So, so that's a new facility. We modeled that after a place up in Ann Arbor. Uh, but but for, the, for the really fun experience, you got to go to the farmer's market on Saturday mornings. I assume that's been well received by the restaurant community, right? To have that as an option. It, it really is. And, and uh, you know, in case people are wondering, you know, we also have a, a long-standing co-op grocery store, Blooming Foods, which has been around for generations. And I was a little worried, but they've worked really closely with Blooming Foods too, to, to make sure it wasn't, it was an integrated kind of local food support because Blooming Foods sells local food as well. But this farm stop is kind of more no frills, wholesale, larger scale, uh, and farmers can and can move more product. So we're, we're really pleased with it and hope it'll thrive. Sort of keeping the, uh, the food theme going here, one of your recent announcements was about uh, food waste and landfills. And I think you were calling the program Compost Up Downtown. You know, what's what's that all about and how's that work? Thanks for asking about that. You know, I uh, as mayor, I sit on the Solid Waste Management Board, uh, which is not one of the most exciting things that mayors do, but but uh, they're really important. And one of the things we did in the Monroe County uh, Board was was pay somebody to come in and really di deep dive into our waste stream. And uh, we learned some things just for the heck of it. We learned, for example, our sanitation department collects 5% of the waste in our county, 5%. Uh, that's surprising how little. Uh, and 40% um, of the waste in our community is compostable. 40% of all the landfill waste is compostable. So that's a really big deal. We need to make progress on it for lots of reasons. And one of the ways to do that is talking to institutions like restaurants and helping them. And, you know, frankly, this helps them recover, too, because they've had a had a challenging two years. But we've, we've got some financial partnerships to help them explore composting right now. It may go to, uh, you know, to turn it into compost. We're actually also deeply studying. Can we turn it into energy or other uh, methane and other uses? Uh, but mainly you got to get to scale. And that means large providers like big restaurants, it means the school corporation, it means Indiana University, the hospital systems and others. So that's all kind of in the mix to see if we can figure out how to improve that waste stream. 
didn't have it on my list to ask you, but you just mentioned it, the huge investment by IU Health in the community and brand new hospital. What's the impact of that been? Any, any good reports so far? Well, um, you know, that's, I've, that's the single biggest economic development investment in Bloomington's history, half a billion dollars. Um, on the first, it means we can look out decades to come and know that we're going to have a cutting edge health center here. And that's really valuable for a lot of us and a lot of people, not just all the education that's going to go there, uh, but all the direct health care. We're very, very pleased. They looked at a couple different locations. I'm glad they're, they stayed in the city. Uh, you know, there are people who are worried about football games. You're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's a hospital. If there's a football game, what happens? But I assure you on those eight weekends or seven weekends, we got it figured out. It's going to be okay. Um, if you have a heart attack on a football game, I don't urge it, but if you do, you'll be all right. But it's just a game changer for the long-term strategy of the city trajectory, you know, to have, uh, it'll change the, the, um, housing patterns on the east side where they move. And, and as you probably know, also, it meant the city now bought the 24 acres that they're leaving behind. And it gives us just a once in a century chance to rebuild a neighborhood right downtown called Hopewell, which we're very excited about uh, doing that in a, in, a, in a sustainable and equitable and really inclusive way. Yeah, it's in a great spot for, for growth in the city, for sure. That's, that's without question. Did I, did I mention it's right on the Beeline Trail? You know, that's, that's, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what other things in Bloomington that I've missed uh, that you'd like to bring up or, or chat about? Anything's fair game there. We're very excited that we've just opened the city's biggest ever parks project with Switchyard Park. Uh, again, that's right on the Beeline. It's part of the Beeline Trail, which is a new spine running right through the city. This 60 plus acre park um, is just an extraordinary addition to the south and the west side of the, of the city. I think it'll serve people for, for generations. Um, and it's interesting to note, we, we paid for that with tax increment finance money. Uh, TIF money, because we do believe that those kinds of infrastructure investments in the parks are, are dramatically important for the, for the future of the city. And, and lo and behold, Catalent, our fastest growing company, is just an arrow shot away from Switchyard Park, where they now have over 3,000 employees. So um, we're really glad to see that. We, we've, we feel like Bloomington is, we've seen over $3 billion of investments in the last five years uh, in Bloomington. So a city our size is, is seeing people both privately and publicly investing. Our commitment is to make sure we keep that quality of life, that beautiful quality of place, the quirky Bloomington, the, the uh, exciting artsy uh, a little quirky, maybe Bloomington, keep that uh, going while we welcome uh, all the students and all the new employees that are uh, wanting to live here. What's well, Austin's moniker? Keep Austin weird or whatever. It's work <laughs> yeah. for them, right? Keep Bloomington yeah. quirky. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. Uh, look, there's a lot of pressures on cities, uh, you know, zoning pressures, housing pressures. We have very challenging affordable housing issues. Frankly, I have a lot of issues with the legislature that won't let us do things that we want to do. Uh, and that's always a challenge. I, every time I see the governor or legislator, I say, just let cities be, you know, we're, we're economic engines and we're all different. That's okay. Bloomington's different from Richmond, from Terre Haute, from Indianapolis, from South Bend. And that's a beautiful quilt that we have. So uh, we're, we're really pleased uh, with the direction we're going. And, and I, I thank the community that, that really leads the way on this stuff. 
Well, I told you before the podcast, we won't get into too much nitty gritty about the legislature or city utilities or things like that. I do have one positive thing I can report. There was no bad annexation language passed this year by the General Assembly, which is always good news. I appreciate that. I'm afraid we're going to be in the courts for a while due to some of the other stuff they did, but we'll figure it out. And if you need to weed out any of this stuff, you just weed it out, you know, for your <laughs> for your relationships. But I was pleased. I was pleased with that. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Well, Mayor, um, thanks a lot. We like to keep these podcasts short and concise and, and keep all those thousands and thousands of people listening uh, on a regular basis. But really appreciate you joining and uh, keep Bloomington the way it is. And we, we love having it in the state and uh, really proud of all the work you've been doing. Well, thank you uh, for what you do at AIM2. And we welcome anybody down to Bloomington anytime. Uh, come down and see us and enjoy, uh, enjoy the quality of place that we do have down here. Thanks, Mayor. Be well. The same Hometown Innovations podcast was sponsored by Christopher B. Burke Engineering.